0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast, presented by Student Union Sports. Another great week in the NFL. Week 12 is is just about finished up. I'm recording this first part at halftime of the Sunday Night Football game because we're here on the East Coast now, and I mean it's getting pretty late. Normally at this time uh, in, in the PNW, I've already put out the episode, promoting it, all this stuff. But we're at 9:42 and just getting to halftime of the the Bears-Packers game. But don't worry, I will have some analysis on that game, uh, and we'll throw it in here. Maybe a little bit out of sorts um, in terms of the chronology of this episode, but want to get you the most information possible that we can. Uh, but now that we know it's Week 12 riding solo for this episode by myself, but that means we're going into the third edition, or I, actually the fourth edition of the NFL Power Rankings, um, how teams shape out, and obviously there's going to be a little bit of guesswork with the uh, Seahawks-Eagles game coming up, but I've got a good feeling that, that we know where these games are going to go. All right, so before we get into the Packers-Bears game, and honestly, it's going to be a, a short recap, I kind of want to talk a little bit about what we've seen from this Sunday, obviously, the, the Broncos um, were at a, a massive disadvantage when it was announced that Jeff Driscoll um, had contacted COVID and that all the quarterbacks in the quarterback room uh, were were considered high risk, close contacts. Um, and so they had to quarantine. Uh, and so, you know, the, the Broncos are looking around trying to say, you know, OK, do we bring, can we bring our offensive quality coordinator coaches in? NFL said no. They eventually settled on practice squad wide receiver quarterback turn wide receiver Kendall Hinton out of Wake Forest. Um, and I I'm so confused uh, and, and annoyed at the NFL for, for taking this response. Now, you look at a team like the Ravens who are, you know, have a, a full blown outbreak in their in their facility um, in terms of just staff and, and players that are contracting COVID. And, and they're trying to get that under control. And, and they move this game from Thursday to, to Sunday to try and get them to figure it out. That doesn't work. They move it from Sunday to Tuesday uh, to, to try and get them to, you know, see if they can, if they can. And obviously, like, uh, yes, I understand. I, I'm not saying that, that players' health and, and the trainer's health and, and everybody, the staff's health is, is, is you know, should be considered as less than because I think it's a great response. Figure it out. Make sure that you've quarantined everybody that's considered a close, close contact. Make sure that everybody that tests positive is quarantining, keeping themselves safe. And obviously I wish all of them a very speedy recovery and I wish them all the best, but looking at the NFL's response to the Ravens coming into, you know, Uh, a game with with the Steelers it has major divisional implications um you know they've done everything they can to make sure that that this makes sense and that you know teams are staying safe and and keeping it all together whereas the Broncos in an outbreak that was pretty much contained in the quarterback room it was all the quarterbacks got knocked out but everybody else was was okay um they asked for a day and they get told no. They they wanted a day to figure things out. Maybe I don't know game plan for for a guy who hasn't thrown a a touchdown pass since 2016, uh, and and the NFL wouldn't allow them to do that. And I think looking at it from an outside view, you basically have two two teams here. Uh, one team has uh, you know has a lot of star power um, and, and and all that together. And I don't even know if that's you know I don't even know what that motivated it, but the case is that that their outbreak was uncontained. It ran rampant through the organization, defensive players, offensive players, staff, trainers, whatever the case, uh, you know, and we don't know everybody who is who is contacted, considered close contact. um, And, you know, obviously we know who's tested positive and and who has been put on the COVID reserve list. But for the staffers, we have no clue. I mean, this is a good chunk of the organization. And so they get Four days to prepare and, and figure out what they're going to do in a situation where they're losing, you know, most of their players. Uh, but a, a team like the Broncos, who just found out the day before the game started that they're going to have to go for it, and they don't get any time delay whatsoever, uh, and you, there's no no one sees any any you know difference in this whatsoever. I mean, if anything, the Broncos players were being punished for for keeping it contained. For the fact that there were no other close contacts, no other positive cases that came from this quarterback outbreak means that they did a good job. And what's what's their reward for that? Having to run out a, a, a guy who probably has no business being a quarterback in the NFL at the quarterback position and, you know, a conglomeration of, of running backs that they ran in, in Wildcat schemes. But it didn't, that didn't sound right. It didn't sit right with me. It, I did not feel good about it whatsoever. Um, and, and the response from an outside view looking in is saying that, all right, if you're going to get COVID, if you're going to mess with the organization, make sure it's an outbreak or, you know, tough luck. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I, I don't like it. I, I'm not, I'm not all too pleased with it. I don't know really what could be done. Obviously I'm not the one that getting, uh, is put in charge and, and obviously has to make these tough decisions, but all of that being said, it's a tough, tough look uh, for the NFL, considering you know what the what the Ravens have have been dealt with and, and what they've been given uh, and what the Broncos were just said, you know what? Tough. Okay, now on to Packers Bears game. I mean not a lot, not a lot to be said there. you know, I had said, I was on the locker room app earlier today talking about this game, previewing a little bit, um, and I basically said, look, it's either going to be you know an amazing Mitch Trubisky game, uh, and, and, the, and the Bears are going to win a close one, or it's going to be a blowout by the Packers. Uh, and yeah, it was a blowout by the Packers. Um, I'm actually recording this going into the fourth quarter. So I don't even know what the final score is going to be right now. It's 34 to 10, um, but I'll but I'll update through this talk. But it's going to be a couple minutes because um, obviously you know we want to we want to preview these games. But East Eastern time is is really kicking my butt. Like I don't I don't know how people do it. You you got to you got to stay up late for these games. Uh, not to mention actually recording for them. Um, but yeah, g- going through this game. I mean, it was about what we would have expected. Had Mitch Trubisky ban the starter all season. You know he's just straight up missing on throws. This is not a starting quarterback anymore, um, and and it's become apparent to anybody who has half a decent sense about football um, that that's the case. And it's unfortunate that the Chicago offensive line is so bad that that Nick Foles can't even start behind it, but. They put themselves in a top position. Uh, Now, all all that being said, you know, they'll move to five and six on the season and then end the season with uh, games against the Lions, Texans, Vikings, Jaguars, and then the Packers again. Uh, I mean, this team is probably going seven and nine, realistically. I had them going six and ten, I think, um, into the season. So not to pat myself on the back there, but... um, Yeah, this team, it's so unfortunate, too, because you look at the the weapons on defense. uh, I think they're being stifled by Chuck Pagano's defensive coordinator. Shout out Patty, um, regular guest on the show, has said that all the time. And, you know, having to live with him as a head coach uh, of the Indianapolis Colts, I I can completely attest that that, you know, that that is the case. Um, But what, you know, where do you go? What, what, what steps can you take from here? Um, You got a lot of guys tied up uh, on on the defensive side of the ball with, with some serious money um, built in for them as the Packers run for another touchdown. Uh, The score is now 41 to 10. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird situation for them to be in. You would like to see if they could, you know, if a quarterback could just drop into their laps, um, you know, in those, in those middle rounds. But, it just doesn't work like that. You know, I, I, I don't think that, that that's going to happen. And this Bears team is going to be, you know, forgotten in history. When, and when you think about the teams that they've been able to put together and field, even, you know, Mitch Trubisky was a, was a Pro Bowler, or was it just a couple of years ago? Um, but yeah, this team is, is wasted potential, I think is the best way to put it, because they bring so much. They offer so much. A Rob uh, is a great wide receiver. David Montgomery has. You know some serious upside. I, I, I legit think he has superstar potential coming in even last year from his rookie season. But no quarterback in a bad offensive line has continually screwed this team. Um, maybe even more than no kick or a bad kicker. Uh, shout out Cody Parkey. But um, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. Wasted potential is really the best way I can put it. Um, but then now to the Packers. I mean, this team has been very up and down uh, in terms of, of their play over the last few weeks. They had a big win against the 49ers, then a close win over the Jaguars, close loss to the Colts, and now they're blowing out the Bears on national television. The rest of their schedule goes Eagles, Lions, Panthers, Titans, Bears. Um, so yeah, this is a team that, that probably goes 11-5, and five, but then what? Are you the three seed in the playoffs? Then you have to face off against a team like like the Rams, who have, who get great interior pressure uh, and can disrupt your whole game plan, or maybe you get a team like the Bucks, who who blew you out the first time you guys played each other. Um, so what is it? A first round exit, and then what? Uh, I mean, you just go back to you looking at their draft class. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the Jordan Love pick. I've always been a, a Jordan Love guy, but. You know, with a team that, that, you know, what they've shown is that they're in contention. They are, are very much in contention in the NFC. Um, and teams one through eight, you can make a case that they win the Super Bowl. I think the Saints have the clear advantage, especially uh, if Drew Brees gets healthy um, and, and, and can play some games here in the playoffs. But man, like, uh, there's, you could make any team could get hot at any time and, and go on a run. But you look at the first two picks of the Packers in, in this past draft, there's Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon. Two guys that do not play a vital role to this team whatsoever. Um, and and they're, they're kind of in that middle ground. They're, they're, their team says contending uh, and their draft class says rebuilding. Um, and so that's a tough, maybe there's disconnect between, you know, how talented the the experts believe that, that these players are and, and how the front office actually views them, um, uh, which is unfortunate to say the least. But regardless of that, this team is moving to 8-3 and three after this game. Right, and and they're going to be going in with a defense that is suspect at best. Um, they're going to get torn apart by by any halfway decent offense that that stumbles across them. Uh, the only thing they have going for them is that they get to play at Lambeau Field. So a, a team like the Buccaneers, um, I mean, you know, Tom Brady's made a living playing in the cold weather, but the rest of his teammates have not. Um, that could mess him up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think out of all the division winners, um, obviously. Disregarding the NFC East, of course, but uh, you know between between the Saints, whoever comes out of the NFC West and the NFC North, if you had to pick one and say who do you think is not going to the Super Bowl, I mean my money's going on the Packers. I, I think that you look at what the Saints offer; they're a very complete team. Uh, the Seahawks. Have, have a couple of holes but the, the defense has shown flashes uh, at, at best um, and then obviously the Rams play really well um, and don't count the Cardinals out either right I mean the, the the road is is going to be an uphill climb for them but um, all three of those teams are really solid but I mean this defense for the Packers is not good at all um, on, on either side of the ball and and that's really going to lead them to struggle because when it comes down to it, you know, even, even though the Seahawks, they, they have a, a defense that struggles, but they've got weapons. They've got Russell Wilson throwing to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers has got Devonte Adams. And I know Devonte Adams is a wide receiver one, but is that going to be enough? Because defenses are going to be good enough in the playoffs to, to game plan and to, and to scheme ways to shut down Devonte Adams. Do they have really enough in the tank, enough creativity, enough weapons that they can truly rely on, uh, that, that can carry them to, Uh, very deep in the playoffs? I don't think so. But that was my recap of Sunday Night Football. Uh, But now let's get into the first half of my power rankings. All right, here we go. Kicking it off with a team at 32 that has been probably one of the more consistent uh, in this power ranking. And by that, I mean, you know, consistently bad, consistently at number 32. This is New York Jets. For some reason, I was hearing a lot of rumblings that, you know, maybe this is the, the day that they get their first win. The the Dolphins are, are, are going to be unprepared, not ready to go. Um, but as we saw the last time these t- two teams played each other, Dolphins uh, play the Jets this week. I mean, it was a blowout. It was a defensive shutdown all the way across the board. The Jets scored in the first quarter, uh, got a field goal up, and then that was it. They simply did not score again. Um, and, and I like this Dolphins team. We'll talk about them here um, later up uh, late, later up coming in the, in the power rankings. But, I mean, as far as these Jets go, Sam Donald's been given uh, the short end of the stick here. He's not good enough to, to carry and lead on his own. Um, and, and all things point to, you know, Trevor Lawrence being available with that number one pick. Uh, and you got to feel good. Adam Gase probably is out the door. You're still keeping your GM in Joe Douglas. Um, and this is a very attractive place. To, to come and play. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to like it. Um Joe Douglas is is widely regarded as one of the smarter GMs in football. Um and and with that being the case, you're going to find a coach that's one going to want to come and, and groom Trevor Lawrence uh, and and make him his own and I mean that's that's as enticing as it gets. You have a lot of cap space, a, a talented generational quarterback that's probably going to be falling into your lap here in the draft. So they're going to have their choice. They're going to have uh, the the a wide variety of, of coaches that are going to want to take an opportunity uh, and, and come coach there. So the future's looking up, but unfortunately, I mean, do they win another game the rest of the season? The the schedule is incredibly tough. They play one team under 500 uh, in terms of win-loss, and that's the Patriots, who had another big win, um, and they're 5-6, and six. you know, they're right there, so uh, the, the rest of the this, this schedule goes Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, and, and Patriots, so it's not feeling good. Y- you hate to be a team that goes 0-16, but if it guarantees you, uh, if it guarantees you Trevor Lawrence, then hey, you know what, by all means, go for it. Now, coming in at 32, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I was pleasantly surprised by Mike Glennon's play today. I did not expect that coming from him. Uh, I, I mean, they still lost, but, you know, they kept it really close. They were in they were in it the entire game, really coming all the way down to the end. Um, had an opportunity to steal a win against, you know, a Browns team that we're going to hear high up on this list coming up pretty soon. But Mike Glennon's numbers: 20 to 35, 235 yards and two touchdowns. No, no picks, which is very good. Um, but James Robinson is the story of this team: 22 carries, 128 yards and a touchdown. Has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and this Jags team has lost ten in a row. They beat the Jag, uh, They beat the Colts week one of the NFL season. And you know we were we were very intrigued by by what was to come for both of these teams. But um, they've obviously trended in in very different directions. Maybe next week is a the week they, that we see Gardner Minshew come back. I mean, we've talked about this before. This is just a blatant tank effort. Even if Mike Glennon did have a good game, this is a blatant tank effort by uh, the the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. And it's unfortunate, um, you know, because they had a lot of talented pieces that they just shipped away for, for practically nothing. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It, you, you really can't prove it. And um, looking at the rest of their remaining schedule, they've got a tough schedule as well. They could very well... Uh, lose the the remaining uh, of their games they they have let's see yeah they, yeah they're in a similar situation as the Jets only one team with a losing record and that's the Vikings at, at five and six Then they go Titans Ravens Bears and and Colts so uh so some tough groups uh, upcoming for them I mean this is a team that's probably going one and 15 especially if they're going to shelve Gardner Minshew out for the rest of the season then that begs the question where does he go who who Uh, do they just let him walk? Do they trade him? I mean, is he injury insurance against Trevor Lawrence? I don't really know, but I mean, this guy is talented enough. You know, we've talked about it before. I, I see his outlook, his career outlook as a a Ryan Fitzpatrick type, a guy who bounces around from team to team. You know, a, a gritty competitor is is really lacking the um, you know the proper accuracy and, and and finesse of a true star quarterback. But is going to have some big games for you, put up some big numbers, and it, it, he's probably going to act as a bridge quarterback for for the majority of his career. And it's unfortunate that you know he couldn't be put in a in a more positive situation with the Jaguars, but. There are a lot of teams out there this year that that are going to need or excuse me next year that are going to need a, a starting quarterback replacement. I mean I think just off the top of my head the Bears are probably in the market for it. The Colts, the Steelers maybe looking at an upgrade position uh if if Drew Brees decides to go. So there's a lot of different ways that they could shake this out. Um so I, I wouldn't count, you know, I wouldn't count a change of scenery out for for Gardner mitchell for next year but I think it's unfortunate the way that his his uh, season has ended. Uh, if it is over, maybe he gets you know more reps. But considering we have not heard hardly anything about Gardner Minshew since he went down with injury, that's I think that's what the Jaguars are hoping to do and, and keep that quiet. Coming in at 30, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. And this one's unfortunate. I think they had a lot of talent on their team. Some really solid weapons. Joe Mixon went down with injury. Joe Burrow, obviously, uh, we wish him a, a safe and, and speedy recovery. And it, I think they're hoping that he gets back for the 2021 season at the beginning. But it'll all depend on rehab, all depend on, on how he does with that. But yeah, this Bengals team rest of season, I mean, it doesn't look good. You're starting a guy, Brandon Allen, who completed under 50% of his passes in his few starts with the Broncos last year. Um, but this team fought, they played incredibly well, um, all the way down to the end. Um, and, and Brandon Allen wasn't terrible, 17 to 29, 136 yards, touchdown and a pick, but, um, obviously not ideal and and not what they were compared to, uh, with Joe Burrow, you know, throwing for 300 yards, um, and, and what they put together. But right now the Bengals sit at two, eight and one on the season and their remaining schedule uh, it is a tough one. They, they go, the Dolphins, obviously a team that's very, very talented, um, from what we've seen, the Cowboys, that one's, you know, that one's a winnable game, depending on how things shake out. Um, and then they end the season with three teams that are, um, you know, some of the best in the AFC, in my opinion, the Steelers, the Texans, and you know, you may be saying to yourself, what the Texans, Texans have been on a tear as of late. Deshaun Watson's been playing some really good football. Um, it may not be enough for a, for a playoff run, but any team that has playoff hopes, there's a good chance they might get spoiled uh, by these Houston Texans and the, and the way they play football. And then they end out against the Baltimore Ravens. So, the goal i think the goal for them is, is getting penny sewell the offensive tackle from from oregon they need to shore up that offensive line it was something i talked about for kyler murray and fortunately for kyler i mean he's mobile enough to to get away with it but joe burrow's not the speedster that kyler murray is he's a big body dude um, but this is on the Bengals organization this is on the front office for not making an invested effort in, in shoring up that offensive line uh, He has taken so many unnecessary hits and obviously you know you, you, you can never predict a, a torn acl or whatever the case but um i mean this has to fall on the the offense or the the general manager in the front office of these cincinnati Bengals for not doing enough to to protect joe burrow uh coming at 2019 we just mentioned the dallas cowboys somehow i mean they're still in the race for for the uh the nfc uh east Big beatdown loss. Uh, the Washington football team really took it to them. They're they're right now just a game out, um, and depending on how this Eagles Seahawks uh, game shakes out, they they will continue to be a game out. But they've lost. You know the the they're down in the tiebreaker to the Washington football team. They still have a game against the Eagles and the Giants both. Um, so, so we'll see how that one goes, but obviously the Eagles are up 1-0 from their meeting the last time they played, but the Cowboys have a game on the Giants, who are right now, you know, in first place with, with all of these um, divisional tiebreakers. It was a lot of injuries this season. It's very unfortunate um, for the Cowboys, to uh, Almost every meaningful position has been hit with injuries of some sort, uh, and, and this is the kind of season where um, you know, you really, you really take stock of the team, see what what potential you have, see what the future is. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think the the Cowboys Super Bowl window is closed. They had, I mean, the the last few years, Zeke was was in his prime. They had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, a, a really good receiving core, um, and, and a defense that that played really well too. Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, uh, Byron Jones, but. Injuries to the offensive line, they're on the wrong side of their prime at this point. Byron Jones is gone. This secondary is one of the worst in the league. Um, Zeke looks like a shell of himself. And you don't know what you're getting with with uh, Dak Prescott when he comes back from injury. I, I think last year and, and the year before were really the, the Cowboys' best chance to, to win a Super Bowl and to make a run. And now that's gone now. And I'm not saying, you know, if they have a good draft, if they uh, can put together pieces and and really fill the void. But you look at this roster top to bottom, uh, the playmakers and the key guys, the elite athletes are, are on the wrong side of their prime for them. Uh, or they're paying them a ton of money, you know, and they're, they're going to run out soon. You can't go out and, and, and buy your way to a championship in the NFL. Um, it's got to be done with, you know, s- smart drafts and, and savvy free agent moves, not just paying the, the most expensive guy out there. So, I mean, this Cowboys team has their work cut out for them in the offseason. You really got to think, is Mike McCarthy the guy? So far, I'm going to say no, right? Uh, the, the, what we've seen, the lack of adjustments he's made, um, and especially I think the, the, the worst part of it all really comes down to, um, you know, Tony Pollard is the hot hand. I think Tony Pollard needs to be taking the lion's share of the carries in this Dallas Cowboys offense, but they've shown a willingness to give it to Zeke, and that really hasn't paid off. Uh, there have been a lot of bad games. It, it, meanwhile, Tony Pollard has been incredibly efficient um, when when handling when handling the little carries that he's gotten. Um, I mean, this is this is you know a, a big deal for these Cowboys. Um, they have their work cut out for them, like I said in the offseason. But realistically, you know they're they're looking at a, a five to seven pick in the draft that that'll help them get to that point. So uh, we'll we'll see if they can jumpstart it. Coming in at twenty eight, we have the Denver Broncos. Um, I mean. Look, this game aside against the Saints, um, that's not that's not why they're this low. Um, I mean, when you look at the talent overall on this roster, it is not not encouraging. Um, I think Drew Locke is very much up and down. Some of his comments over the last few weeks, basically saying like, you know, sometimes when the ball leaves my hands, I'm saying, oh, shoot, is very, very concerning to me. If I'm a fan of the Broncos, if I'm an evaluator of talent whatsoever, I think, um, you know, we've come to the point where the Drew Locke experiment you know, I was big on it coming into the year. I said the Broncos were going to go ten and six, and they were going to get a wild card spot. Um, but I think this Drew Lock experiment is over. I think they they really need to be looking in free agency for another quarterback. And fortunately, coming into this year, this may be the best. Chance that they have to to really put together uh, an offer for for a quality starting quarterback, like I mentioned, Gardner Minshew is going to be available. Philip Rivers' contract is up. Jameis Winston's contract is up. Jacoby Brissett hits the open market. I'm sure Sam Darnold is going to be available for trades. There is a no short of of quality quarterbacks that are going to be available either through free agency or trade. But it's really up to John Elway to to make those moves and and figure out who is going to be best suited to lead this team because. I think what we've seen, and, and obviously he didn't, you know, Drew Lock didn't even play today. But the last few weeks, even when they've played well, even you know, even in their win against the the Dolphins, like Drew Locke was not the reason for that win. Um, and and I think you know it's about time to move on. Maybe they can get some value for him. Maybe leave him on as a backup quarterback and and see how it goes. But. Uh, the, the talent is unfortunately just not there and, and they need you know they have so many weapons Cortland Sutton's going to come back Jerry Judy KJ Hamler's been playing well Noah Fant uh, but if they don't have a guy who can get them the ball consistently and accurately uh, I mean you know then then there's realistically no point to to have all these all these studs um, it, with the specialists all right coming at 27 with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, another team that's just been decimated by injury but a unique situation coming into Monday night, uh, and we'll talk about it a little bit here. It was announced today that Jalen Hurts was going to be taking a couple snaps. Uh, he's been taking some first-team reps in practice for these uh, these Eagles in the Seahawks game uh, on Monday Night Football, and I I'm not sure how I feel about it. I, I think it makes sense, but you had to you had to know that, that drafting a quarterback this high, got him in the second round uh, in, in last year's draft, that the Eagles were going to use him, and they've used him in certain packages here and there, but Garson Wentz's play has not been, you know, what we saw a couple years ago when he was the MVP candidate before he went down uh, with that with that torn ACL. Uh, but uh, is Jalen Hurts the guy? I don't. I don't really know. I, I like the move. I like Doug Peterson saying, "Look, we're three, six, and one right now. Uh, we're in the thick of things in the playoffs. You know, if, if things, if we get a couple of bounces that go our way, if Jalen Hurts is the guy, might as well find out. And I think there's no better team to find that out against than you know the Seahawks, who have been historically bad. Uh, against the pass and, and are on a pace to break that passing yards record um so who knows maybe they got a diamond in the rough um I always liked Jalen Hurts coming into this draft I talked about him as a guy who maybe might even sneak into the back end of the first round because teams are so desperate to find that Lamar find that Kyler find that Deshaun the future of the quarterback position is a guy who can do both a, a, a dual threat and uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously you know can't forget to mention him too um I don't know if Jalen Hurts is that guy necessarily putting him in against a banged up offensive line against a Seattle defense that has had a couple of good weeks the last few weeks. Um, and that pass rush, they've signed a, a couple of key pieces to hopefully get things going. Um, but we'll see. I'm excited to watch. I don't want to make any judgments as of yet. And obviously, this all depends on you know what how many uh, drives he really gets. I, I don't imagine it's more than two or three. Maybe if he gets in a groove, they go with the hot hand and leave it there. But I think you know coming after coming after Monday, we might have a, a quarterback conversation on our hands. I think Jalen Hurts is going to do enough, um, and at the very least, not turn the ball over and not screw his team. Uh, that you know maybe we get to see him in more of an expanded role. You know in this in this fight to the playoffs. Coming in at number twenty six is the Los Angeles Chargers. And this has nothing to do with the talent that they have on the defense or the talent that they have on the offense. I mean, we've talked about it. I don't, you know, Justin Herbert, the, the scheme he had in Oregon didn't do him any favors, did not do him any favors whatsoever. Um, and, and he's not at fault for that. But we're really seeing his, his play shine now. But even then, he's being incredibly held back. And it's, it's crazy to me by this, by this coaching staff. Anthony Lynn needs to go. I mean, it's ridiculous what these charges have done. The amount of points that they're putting up, and um, I mean, something as simple as driving down the field in, in this Bills game with you know under a minute to go and trying to force shots into the end zone so much that you don't even get a single score. You're down 10 points. Why not kick a field goal and try for the extra uh, try for the onside kick uh, and, and see if you can take a deep shot instead of wasting all the time out and then coming up absolutely empty-handed. I know uh, some people that were. We're betting on the over. We're very upset uh, over Anthony Lynn's coaching, but this is really just uh, you know par for the course from this season. Now, I know they've had a couple injuries on defense, but Justin Herbert is putting up you know top five quarterback numbers this season. I'm not saying he is a top five quarterback. I'm saying he's putting up numbers that reflect a top five quarterback in a given season. But I mean, it's ridiculous to me that that he has to be. Uh, I don't know. He, he's, he's carrying right now. Like I'll, I'll read the numbers here. 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, 2,700 yards. Uh, and they're three and eight. Right. And, and one of those wins wasn't even with Justin Herbert. It came off of a, a Randy Bullock missed field goal as time expired in, in week one. So really he can only be attributed for two of these games, but you're also talking to a team that went to overtime with the chiefs. They went to overtime with the saints that, uh, that have have played the the Raiders within five points. That played the Bucks within a touchdown. Uh, but they're all losses, right? The 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 only wins that they've got on the register are against teams that have combined for one win this season: the Jaguars and the Jets. When when, when uh, Justin Herbert's under center. And I'll let you on a secret: it's not Justin Herbert's fault that that they're in this case, uh, that they're in this situation. Um, but yeah, I think he absolutely has to go. Anthony Lynn has to be fired. Uh, I one of the guys. Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs' offensive coordinator, has been getting a lot of looks. Got a lot of looks last season. Didn't get hired, but he might be a great candidate. I mean, you look at what they're doing with the Chiefs over there, um, with all those weapons. It's a very, very similar situation. And not to mention, they just got Austin Eckler back this week. This is a dynamic group of playmakers. You've got Keenan Allen, uh, an insane route runner, great possession receiver. Mike Williams is that deep threat, the big play guy. Hunter Henry, solid tight end. Austin Eckler's is, is your do everything back, your utility guy. Poor man's poor man's Alvin Kamara, the the way he plays his game. And I and I really do believe that. But yeah, you get Eric Bienemi out there, that's a whole new group. That that's a team that's consistently scoring in the thirties and hopefully that defense is, is good enough to to you know keep him afloat. But yeah, that I, I I mean, Justin Herbert's been playing great this season, but that coaching staff has not done him any favors whatsoever. Uh coming in at twenty five, we get the Washington football team. Uh, a big win against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Was, uh, Antonio Gibson, uh, a guy who, you know, we've talked about in this podcast since, you know, the beginning of draft season last year as, as a great, a great key piece out of Memphis. I'm glad to see him getting the ball regularly. Um, but the reason i am not higher on this list is I just I, I can't trust Alex Smith. I think it's a great story. I think it's fantastic. It's amazing that, you know, he's willing to come back and play football after, you know, a, an injury that nearly cost him his life. but, that can't be the quarterback of the future for for the football team. I mean, it's it's unrealistic to expect that that Alex Smith is going to be this guy. You tried Dwayne Haskins, that didn't work. Kyle Allen wasn't too promising in the starts that he showed you. Is it a guy in the draft? I mean, we can go to that list of quarterbacks again that I said would be available, you know, through free agency or, or, or through, um, through maybe a, a trade offer. But uh, if the if Washington continues to lose games they're putting themselves in a prime position for you know a guy maybe not Justin Fields Trevor Lawrence but but uh, some of these, some of these lesser quarterbacks, or maybe even wait, you know, in the second round. I, I think a guy that would be great, BYU Zach Wilson. He's a dynamic playmaker. I watched a couple of his games. Um, just, just going over the film, and I mean, he's got some really good zip on the ball, some great movement. I think he would be great, and he's a guy that the the football team can get realistically in a in a, what will probably be a, a five to ten pick in the draft in the first round. Um, but yeah, I love I love the intangibles of this guy and Trey Lance too. I mean, you you really can't go wrong with either. Um, I'll I'll be diving into the some of the draft uh, prospects a little bit more as we as we move closer to you know what will be the the NFL draft. So uh, I'm excited to dig into that. But yeah, I, I think the quarterback is really the only thing missing. The defense is very, very solid. Washington's defense is great. Ron Rivera is a, a solid coach. He gets the most out of his players. Uh, and this is a gritty group of guys, but they really they really are missing a quarterback. And hopefully their franchise guy lies somewhere in the 2021 draft. Uh, keeping it moving to 24, we got the Carolina Panthers. Um, I mean, Another, you can't fault him for it, but another missed field goal from from Joey Sly. I think that brings us total up to three. And now, granted, I understand that the first two were absolute bombs that he had to kick, 60 plus. Um, But this one was a little bit more manageable, a a 54 yarder. Um, And I'm not saying, you know, you're not going to blame it all on on Joey Sly because that's, you know, it's a tough spot to put him in. But if he makes those kicks, and I know it's a big if, this team is sitting at seven and five not four four and eight that's a much big it's a bigger difference in, in terms of outlook and, and how you're going the rest of the season uh, so it's an unfortunate you know event that they they couldn't knock him through but that just shows you how good this football team is it shows you how capable they are of winning games and I'll admit I w- I'll say it again I was wrong on Matt rule I definitely screwed it up uh, he I I wasn't, you know, fully convinced what we saw to Baylor. I thought he was there for too short a time. I didn't think he had won enough meaningful games. But you look at the group of guys that he's put together, a a fun bunch of football players that really want to win. And I mean, you know, you can say that about everybody. Obviously, like, they want to go out there and win. But. I mean, this is another one of those gritty teams. And that's really what you have to be in the NFL. You have to be a gritty team. You have to do the dirty work. Um, and, and I think Teddy Bridgewater's played great. I wasn't sure how he was going to do. I mean, I got mad at the at the Panthers in the offseason because they were like kind of in the middle of a rebuild, but also like gearing up for a playoff run. I was like, you know, pick one or the other. Uh, and obviously, like, you know, it has ended how I, I said it would with kind of a, the, the middle effort. Um, but there's a lot of talent on this team. I think P.J. Walker, with the way he played last week, probably earned himself a shot uh, t- to be a starter somewhere else. I think he's everything you want in, in like I said, the dual threat quarterback. He's everything you want. In one of those guys, um, but you you put him on a team that's that's trying to make uh trying to make a run at things, uh, and, and he could really shine. I mean, he's former former Indianapolis Colt, former Houston Roughneck uh, in the XFL. So a lot of love for that guy. I I think he's a great player. And he deserves a shot to start in the NFL, and I, and I think he proved it last week. But, I mean, this defense is great. Jeremy Chin, I mean, we, we've seen a lot of, of these small small school safeties uh, show up in a big way. Kyle Duggar for the Patriots. So it's very cool to see, for me, um, how, how this Panthers team has responded to Matt Rule's leadership. Uh, and and it's not a surprise. You know, I am not surprised whatsoever that, that uh, you know, they, they are in this position. Coming at 23 is the Lions. I mean... Good news for the Lions—they—they they fired, you know, the, their their GM and and their their head coach Matt Patricia is finally gone. But how confident are you, Lions fans, that you know the ownership and and the the people in the front office are going to do the right job? to hire somebody else like what's not to say that you don't you know start this this cycle all over again who's to say that you don't go out and sign jack del rio to to a head coaching spot um and, and kind of repeat this cycle which you know was unfortunate um because i think there were a lot of very deserving candidates both in college and in the nfl from from a coordinator standpoint um that should get looks but uh I mean, the, their weapons are there. Obviously, Galladay's been out the last few weeks. DeAndre Swift's been out the last few weeks, uh, and that really hurts Matthew Stafford because those are his two best guys. I think those are his two best weapons, um, both in the past game and obviously what DeAndre Swift brings as as a running back. He's they've really begun to unleash him here the last few weeks. Um, so I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what happens for this Lions team. Um, but I. Yeah, Matt Stafford, he's definitely gotten the short end of the stick with the team here. I don't think he's ever really gotten a real shot to contend for a Super Bowl. And I think he's in that above average, you know, top 12 tier of guys that, that could make a difference on a team. He may not be the one that's going to take over and absolutely carry for you, but give him some weapons, put a good team around him. He's not going to be the reason you mess up. And I think we've said that for, you know, pretty much his entire career. It's never been Matt Stafford's fault. Um, so it, all eyes are on to the offseason, who they sign. Hopefully it's somebody good. I really hope that they, they get a solid um, GM head coach tandem here. And you know, being able to have a say in hiring the head coach does help uh, with with the GM search. So that is very encouraging. From that perspective, I like it because, you know, the GM can say, all right, if I, can, if I can handpick my head coach, I might want to go there. And, and it makes the job a little bit more exciting um, in terms of just the tandem that you can, can uh, bring together. I, I mean, you, you look at what the Colts have done with, with Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. I mean, that's one of the best tandems in football. Um, and I, I am thankful for that every single day. Next up at 22, we have the Minnesota Vikings. This team could probably honestly be lower. I think, you know, we're just about done with Kirk Cousins. We say this every year. Um, Even though he had a good game today, Dalvin Cook really didn't get it going. But I think this is another team, like I said with the Cowboys, that they're on the wrong side of their prime. Their Super Bowl window, if they even had one uh, in, in terms of contending, is done. All the key pieces are are on the wrong side of their prime. They're paying everybody a lot of money and don't really have much to show for it. I mean, I had this team going nine and seven at the beginning of the season, which is you know still very much in play, very much possible. But I mean, it, it it's just tough. You know, you you don't know what you can expect from this team, and you don't spend all that money to go to go nine and seven and and realistically miss the playoffs with the way the NFC is is shaping out. So um, a lot of work for them to do. You got to tear it down, start over. That's that's I I think that's the only real way that you can get something from it because continuing to pay these guys is not going to work out in the way that you want it to. Moving on to 21, we got the Giants who are in first place in the NFC East. Yeah, who would have thought i mean but but you know good for them the way they've been playing the last few weeks um some really good ball almost let the bengals come back in this one that was a little scary and obviously daniel jones we don't know the extent of his injury obviously wish him a a safe and, and speedy recovery as well because you know this is this is a a, a team that's Been grinding out wins. As weird as it sounds, Joe Judge has got his guys ready to play. This defense is a really solid group. Uh, They're finally starting to play to Daniel Jones' strengths and and not force him to throw the ball so much, Um, and and they become more effective because of it. Um, Obviously, it's all going to... hinge on what happens with the Daniel Jones injury Colt McCoy is not the guy that's going to lead you to the playoffs but you know barring something unexpected uh, whether it be an injury or uh, let's say everybody's healthy going into next week or that at least was going into to this week um, I mean the Giants are my pick to win the NFC East I think they've got the the best collection of talent a, a, a nice solid lockdown defense there they've been playing them close in some of these these primetime games they've looked really solid a lot better than I think people expected um, and they've got you know some important division games coming up, but they've also have some important division wins under their belt, which is going to be a big deal uh, moving forward. Next up at 20, we have the Atlanta Falcons. This is a team also that has really come together under interim coach Raheem Morris um, and, and are are really close to being five and one under him. They're four and two, but if Todd Gurley goes down and doesn't allow for the Lions to, to and Matt Stafford to drive all the way down the field and come back and win, um, this is a team that that is is looking really good. But uh, yeah, not having Julio Jones, not having Todd Gurley, this was we were expecting a tough game for, for Matt Ryan, uh, and especially with the Raiders, who had just come off nearly defeating the Chiefs for the second time this season. Uh, I mean, many were expecting a blowout, but the other way around. The Falcons' defense really showed up, forced a lot of turnovers, um, and, and won 43-6 in a very convincing way. Um, but unfortunately, like the Vikings, like the Cowboys, this team is a collection of players who are on the wrong side of their prime. Uh, I, Matt Ryan can't be the guy of the future anymore. The offensive line needs a lot of work. I mean, obviously, you have Calvin Ridley, who's, who's a, a stud, but on the defense, I can't think of one notable guy who I would say, yeah, I'd feel okay keeping him on my team. Uh, I mean, you really just got to blow up the whole thing. Um, and it's unfortunate, and it's tough, um, and especially because they continue to win games, so they can't really tank for a draft spot. Um, this is a talented team, but same thing with the Vikings. You don't pay all those guys to finish the season eight and eight and miss the playoffs. You, you got you to gotta shoot for the stars, um, make some moves, tra- trade away some of these contracts. See, you know, I mean, there were talks that Matt Ryan could maybe go to San Francisco. I think that's, I think that would be a fantastic place for him. Um, obviously, maybe, you know, depending on where the 49ers end up, they may be able to draft a quarterback who's a little bit more mobile um, that Kyle Shanahan may like a little bit better. But, in terms of their championship window, too, it's it's closing. It's it's closing very quickly. Uh, a lot of guys to pay. A lot of young studs that they drafted well, but I mean, you got to compensate them. So uh, the Falcons, it, I mean, they're they're looking good. They they played really well. They've been playing some good football. Obviously, a big game coming up against the Saints next week. If Julio's ready to go uh, and he plays a full game, I, I think there's going to be a lot closer than people expect. Obviously, the 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 Saints won by by a nice 15-point a nice margin that when they played last week. But playing a team two weeks, I mean, look at the Colts and Titans. Playing a team uh, in the span of two weeks, you, you can learn and tweak and make adjustments. So uh, a full team, a full Falcons team that's healthy and ready to go is going to give the Saints problems next week. Uh, keeping it moving, we have number... 19 the Houston Texans another team that's really been heating up as of late they played really well a great thanksgiving win for them uh i mean i mean this team is coming together at the right time and they will Maybe you know a couple of weeks too late, obviously, because just in terms of, of the playoff race and all that stuff, uh, you're missing out on, on on a couple of key pieces um, and a couple of key wins that you really need to get to the next level. But Deshaun Watson over the last few weeks has has thrown for 300 yards, thrown a couple of touchdowns, uh, and, and even run in a few too. I mean, these, you know, these are some these are middle of the pack teams, but games that you need to win nonetheless. Uh, they they beat the the Patriots 27 to 20. Um, a narrow loss to the Browns in some really crappy weather overall. Um, I don't even know if you can really fault them for that, but you know that, that's just the way that, that things go. Um, but yeah, I think this team is, is solid uh, at the quarterback position. Let me, let me make that clear. They, they have a generational talent at quarterback in Deshaun Watson, a top five guy uh, in my opinion, and I think you know most of the NFL's opinion as well. But the rest of this team needs some serious work. You know, uh, Bill bryan has gone, thank goodness, but you really, really got to think about, um, you know, what are we going to do to keep him healthy? What are we going to do to keep him upright? What are we going to do to make sure that he's got weapons to throw the ball to and hand the ball off to? Uh, Because right now, you know, I mean, Will Fuller's great, but Will Fuller's not a wide receiver one. Um, I think he's got um, you know we talked about him always as this guy with wide receiver one potential and he is a big play threat absolutely but he's not a wide receiver one Um, that was your DeAndre Hopkins you know and and unfortunately he's gone and there's nothing you can do about it but you got to shore up the offensive line too you know there's so many holes on this team in the defense um, they really have to do a better job of, 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 of getting some better pieces the last few drafts have been Lackluster at best in terms of finding talent and enforcing that talent in. Um, but this is a this is a good team because they have Deshaun Watson. If they didn't, unfortunately, you know they got him locked up. But if they didn't, uh, I mean, uh, who knows where they would be? They're they're probably not winning a game. You put you take out Deshaun Watson and put uh, you know just an average quarterback in there. They they probably don't win a game the whole season. All right, next up we have a team that. We just mentioned, actually, just talked about him a little bit ago as a potential landing spot for Matt Ryan, and uh, number 18 is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, A great win this week, obviously. One that may vault them back into the playoff conversation. I'm not really sure yet. Um, Obviously, a lot of stiff competition in the NFC, and the 49ers have faced a ton of injuries. But what we've seen from this group is that they're not going down without a fight, Um, and and they look really, really good um, in, in terms of defense. Offense, Nick Mullins is definitely not the answer. Jimmy G, you know, want him back as soon as possible. Whether or not you think he's the quarterback of the future, the offense looks better with Jimmy G under center compared to CJ Bathard or or Nick Mullins. And I think just about anybody who's watched these games can agree on that. Um, But regardless, a win is a win is a win. Um, And the 49ers did just that moving to five and six, beating the Rams. Um, who were uh, before on top of the NFC West, but Seahawks look to claim the throne tomorrow night with a a big win or big game coming up against the the Philadelphia Eagles. But overall, the outlook for this group, I mean, we don't really know yet. I, I think there's still a lot of talented pieces. Debo Samuels had a couple of healthy games, and when he's played... He's played extremely well. I mean, you look at today's game, 11 catches, 133 yards. That's exactly what you expect from him, uh, what a lot of people expected from him coming into the season. Obviously, you know, he started on IR, but now that he's gotten going, I mean, it, you have to feel very, very optimistic. Uh, but like I said, who knows how this playoff uh, race is going to end up. Looking at the rest of their games on the season, obviously still standing at 5-6. and six. They take on the Bills, the uh, Washington football team, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. So... I mean, realistically, it's it's an uphill climb, uh, and on top of that, they don't even know you know where their where their home is going to be. Santa Clara announced a a, a ban on all uh, professional sports, all, all sports in general, um, due to the coronavirus pandemic. So they're looking for a home as of right now, uh, but a lot of things they have to overcome, but you know, this may be one of those things where they, where they really rallied together. And um, I mean, yeah, the last five games of the season, two of them come against divisional opponents, um, but 10 and six gets you in the playoffs. I think you just can't drop another game. Um, So the road to the playoffs started this week uh, and and it will, it will continue. Um, Hopefully Jimmy G gets back sooner than later though. Next up at 17 is a team that really have a they have a lot of striking similarities between the two of them um, I, I think they're the 49ers of the AFC or maybe the 49ers or the Patriots of the NFC uh, but whatever the case number 17 the New England Patriots uh, a big win for them this week coming over the Cardinals uh, I mean, this is, you know, we thought two weeks ago uh, when they beat the Ravens, that this was going to be the turning point. But, you know, I- I'm optimistic. Maybe this is the turning point for the New England Patriots. Uh, the-, the divisional play, like I said, similar to the NFC, um, is-, is-, is a tough one. 10-6 and six gets you there, but both teams are now at 5-6, um, so you- it's-, it's win out or, or nothing. Um, and over the next few weeks, we'll go over the schedule. They they face the Chargers, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Bills, and then the Jets. So all three divisional opponents uh, and, and then mix in a, a Chargers team that, you know, offense can run with anybody. Coaching staff really, really holds them back. Um, and then the, the Rams team who, as we've seen in the last few weeks, is very, very talented to get it going when they need to. Uh, but yeah, this is this is going to be Um, uh, an interesting last few games. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there never will be a turning point. Maybe there's just going to be a couple moments where they play good, but they inevitably can't put it together. Um, and and that's okay. I, I think you know, looking at all the the players that opted out, all the defensive studs, having to sign Cam Newton, uh, bring him in, and not really be what you expected. Uh, You know, Bill Belichick, one of his toughest challenges. Um, I think realistically, this team plays more of a spoiler role throughout the end of the season because you're gonna have to win out and it's an uphill climb I'm not saying it's impossible um, but something's gonna have to switch a flip is gonna have to switch but I don't think scoring 20 points and and having cam throw 18 passes completing 50% of them for under 100 yards and throwing two picks is going to be the answer to that question uh, I mean you can look back at at some of the games earlier on in the season and see where some things maybe went wrong. Obviously dropping a, a game to the Broncos, nowhere near ideal. That Seahawks game uh, got all the way to the one yard line. That one's going that one's going to haunt them a little bit I think. It's going to come back to bite them here later on in the season, but um yeah, I mean this group is is a good team but you, you just have to string together wins and 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 I don't know if they if they realistically can um at this point. But I think we're going to call it there. Um, maybe we'll do a a little two-parter episode. Um, I've got some time now that I'm on Christmas break, and you know I really wanted to get a chance to get into all of these teams, and obviously that takes a little bit of time. So uh, this will be part one um, of the the power rankings. We'll post a second part later on in the week. Um, when we get some time because I really want to make sure that we get a chance to to talk about these teams and especially because you know the Packers Bears going on right now the Seahawks and Eagles are yet to play uh, as well as the Steelers and Ravens if that one happens um, so looking forward to those but thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week